Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. We've been in a summer series that we've entitled The Gospel According to Marvel, where we've been looking at the Marvel universe of heroes that often reflect our own biblical values and biblical truths. Because oftentimes we've been saying that art imitates life, right? Art imitates life. Now, we've looked at Iron Man in the heart of a hero, and we saw our very own King David, and we looked at his life and his heart and what God is looking for in our hearts as well. Same thing with Captain America and the character of a hero as we focused on our own Joseph, a man of high courage and character like Captain America. Next week, Lord willing, tune in. We're going to be checking out that double agent, that unlikely double agent, the Black Widow, also known as Natasha Romanoff, as we pivot to the unlikely double agent of the Bible. I'm not going to tell you who her name is. You're going to have to come next week to find out who we're going to be talking about next week or tune in. But what she did and what we need to do to kind of turn our lives around so that our lives will please the Lord. Anybody interested in pleasing God? Amen. Me too. Amen. Well, this morning's feature, if you haven't guessed it, his name is, anybody? Help me out, somebody. What's his name? Hawkeye, just seeing if you're paying attention. And, and, and he's also known as Clint Barron, Clint Barron, in a message that we've entitled The Aim of a Hero, or How to Hit Your Target Every Time. How to Hit Your Target Every Time. Now, he's part of the, of the Marvel Universe, which is a member of the team called Avengers, as well as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And he, too, is just an all-around cool cat. As he, Like I say, he likes to kick butt and take names. He's just good. He, truth be told, is one of my favorite Marvel characters because he doesn't have any superpowers or anything along those lines. Uh, he, he's just a sharpshooter. He's really good at what he does. And he has a knack for hitting his target almost every time. Even when he doesn't hit the target, we've seen him. Sometimes he, it, may, it looks like he's going to miss, but or they'll catch the arrow, and the arrow will do what? It will blow up in their hands or something. It, it'll, be, it'll be something close. He has a knack for just hitting his target. Now, the target I'm talking about this morning is not a superficial bullseye like you saw me shooting at. But the target that I'm talking about this morning is the target than race that the creator has specifically called you and I to follow strong after. Did you know that there's a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us? There is something that God has called us to do. In the, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, the apostle Paul speaks to us, and he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? He says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games, and we've got the Olympics coming up, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to, to get a crown that will, listen, that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. In other words, they're going through all this training, and at the end, they want to stand at the top of their podium, and they want to get that gold or that silver or that bronze slot. And only, only one's going to get the, the top spot, right? 
But even if they get it, they're going to get something that's not going to last. It's only going to be here for a little while. But the Bible says for the believer, we are in a race that, that, that it literally says that our crown will last forever. Come on, somebody. You are in a race that your crown will last forever. Therefore, it goes on to say, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I preach to others, Pastor Paul speaking, I, might, I, I myself might not be disqualified for the prize. And so what's his concern? He's, he's concerned that after years of ministry, the Apostle Paul was also concerned about missing the ultimate mark that, he, that God had laid out for him and not fulfilling the plans that God had for him. And he likened it unto becoming disqualified in a race or in a contest. He tells us, I do not run aimlessly. No one goes to the starting block. On your mark, get set, go, and starts running around like, like a chicken without a head. No one does that. I do not run aimlessly. He says, I do not fight as a fighter, as someone who's just flailing around, hitting the air. What's the fighter trying to hit? The other person. He's trying to knock him out. But if he's just, just go, and, and they ring the bell and he just starts swinging wildly, they just, you just think you're kind of crazy. And so he says, I don't fight like that. I want to hit my target. And I want to hit my target most of the time. My question to you this morning is how do you make sure you hit your target? How do we make sure we hit our target every time as it relates to the will of the Father for our lives? Anybody want to know what God wants us to do? Amen? I do. I want to know what God wants me to do. And I want to make sure that I'm hitting my target and I'm not just racing aimlessly or running aimlessly or swinging, you know, wildly at nothing. I want to hit my target every time. And if we're going to do that, we need to understand just a few principles concerning the race laid out before us. That God has indeed called us or commanded us, listen to me, he commanded us to aim straight. And if we're going to aim straight, we're going to do a couple, three things. Everyone should have an outline. If you don't have one, raise your hand, let's get one to you. I want you to write this down. Number one, if you're going to aim straight as it relates to the race that God has called you to, you're going to make sure that your target is his target because God has a plan. That your target is his target. Now, let me just go ahead and stay right off the bat. If you want to make sure that your target is his target, you got to start with reading his book. Come on, somebody. Not the latest magazine, not the latest, you know, love book that's out there on the, on the thing. We're going to spend some time reading his book because his book reflects his plans and his purposes for our lives. And if you're not doing that, you're going to have a hard time. But let me just say that. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Amen? It just reminded me, as my son was, was driving up to the church today, and it was just a big old reminder, over the church was a big old rainbow. We took a picture of it, but 
It was too late to put it up for you, but there's a big old rainbow. What does the rainbow signify? The promise of God, amen? The blessings of God. And I believe that God's got a plan and a purpose for Living Water Community Church. Stay tuned. When we hit the vision, we're going to talk about that. The vision, the Marvel character, the vision, but we're going to talk about the vision of the church. But listen to me. God knows who he wants you to marry, where he wants you to go to school, what job or career he created you to be good at. He knows the plans and the purposes that he created you to do. When I was a young person and just coming up, just got married, my plan was become a nurse anesthetist or a nurse practitioner. Why? Because they made a lot of money. God called me into the ministry. Come on, somebody. He had a better plan for me than what I had planned for myself. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do, to do what? To do good works. Which God prepared when? Which God prepared in advance for us to do. So whatever he's called you to do, and it doesn't mean that he's called you into the full-time ministry. He may have called you to be a businessman. He may have called you to be a housewife. He may have called you to be a teacher or a doctor. Or he may have called you to, 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 to like I said, run your own business or to wherever you're at. But whatever he's called you to do, he's, he's a, there's a work for you to do where he's called you to do it. Come on, somebody. There's work in the kingdom. We're not just... Here, as random molecules floating through space, punching a time card. I hit repeat, get up every day, go to work, hit the, hit the time card, come home, you know, do your routine, eat dinner, brush your teeth, and then start all over again. There's more to what God wants us to do than just that. He wants us to make a difference where he's planted us. Amen? And so... In order to make that difference, we have to make sure that our target is his target. That what he's called us to do is what we are aiming at. Amen? Now, how are we going to figure out our target from his target to make sure that what we're aiming at is his target? Number two. Number two is we're not going to presume, but we are going to pray. Don't presume but pray. In Jeremiah 29, 13, we read Jeremiah 29, 11. This is what Jeremiah 29, 13 says, 12 and 13. It says, then you will call on me and come and do what? And pray to me. And I will do what? I will listen to you. Do we serve a God that listens to us? That hears us? Yes, then he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with, help me somebody, with all your heart. And so the key, the key to, to finding out and hitting the target is prayer. Prayer is the key. And prayer is basically open communication with God, which means you got to talk to him. You, you, you got to talk to him. He's listening. Open communication. And he promises that if we seek him, we will find him. If we seek him, it doesn't say with half of our heart or 75% of our heart, but if we will seek him with all of our hearts, if we will sell out, if you will go after him, he'll go after you. Amen? And again, 
not presuming, as opposed to, again, there are those of us who will make plans, and then we'll come up with all of our plans, and it sounds like a good idea for us, and then we'll turn around and say, okay, I've made my plans, we've left out the prayer part, and we just tell God to bless it. Bless this, Lord. That's the most, most, of the most that we're getting into the plan. Bless this relationship. Bless this uh, career plan. Bless this direction that I'm taking. And then we're just presuming that God doesn't already have a plan for you. The reason I, I've, I knew that God didn't want me to go into the full-time, uh, you know, as a nurse anesthetist was I spent time in prayer. And when I spent time in prayer, God put on my heart when he says, I, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. He put his desires on my heart, and then I wanted what he wanted. Does that make sense? He will put his desires in your heart when you spend time in prayer. And then all of a sudden, you're going to want what he wants for you. He's going to make sure. He says, you, you will seek him, and you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart. When you get serious about, there's a lot of people not serious about their walk with the Lord. Oh, no, they come to church, or they punch a clock, or they might tune in every now and then online. But when it comes to actually changing their agenda or changing their calendar for what God wants, then that, what you want me to do, what? Well, Pastor Rick, what if God, you know, sends me to Africa? Listen. Some of us won't even go and walk across the street to tell our neighbors about Jesus, much less go to Africa. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? He might just start with, um, can you talk to your employee, your, your, your person that you're working with who's having a hard time? Can you mention me to them? Do, does anyone even know that you're a believer at your work? Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's, let's leave Africa or Asia or India out of it. Let, let's start with being <laughs> right at home. Can, can, can you be my witness with your unsaved husband or your wife or your kids? It's getting quiet in here. James 4. 13 through 17 says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make profit. How do you not know, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants you to, we will live and do this or do that. Can I say that again? What you ought to say that if the Lord wants you to, you will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own, what, what does he call it? Pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. In other words, he's saying leave room for God. Truth is, the truth is, we don't even know what tomorrow's going to bring, Let, much less next week, next month, or next year. Just, just turn on the news. There's a very few things that are predictable in, in this world. No, do you think the people knew that the, those towers was going to come down when they went to bed that night? 
If they could have predicted it, they would not have been there. Could we predict where these hurricanes are coming? I love when they do the hurricane predictions. They, they, they put up the forecast, and the forecast, then they put up the lines. You seen the lines? And there's 15 zillion lines going, doing that. We predict it might come, oh, and then there's a run on, in the supermarket for water and bread. You can't even predict the hurricane. You can't predict the stock market. Who would have predicted this, this epidemic, this pandemic? Who would have predicted it? No one would have said this was, you know, people would be, we'd be operating with masks and not going out and all the other stuff. It wasn't predicted. Who could predict an illness or an accident? And so, so the Bible says concerning your future, don't, don't be presumptuous. No one even knows what tomorrow is going to bring. When people ask me all the time, am I going to be doing this or am I going to be going there? I say, yes, Lord willing. If the Lord is willing. And this is why. So as not to presume on the future and to leave room for God to make changes if he chooses. The Bible tells a story of the people of Israel presuming on God. They had got to a place where God delivered them miraculously out of Egypt. And now they were, they were, he was intending on bringing them into the promised land. And he told them, I'm bringing you into a land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Basically, go check it out. So they went and sent 12 spies into the land to go check out the land. And when they went to check out the land and the spies finally came back, two came back with a good report. It is exactly as God has said, this land is flowing with milk and honey. We can take this land. And 10 came back with a with a bad report. It is exactly what God has said. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, but there are giants in the land, and we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. We will be slaughtered if we try to take the land. And the ten, the Bible says, spread a bad report among the people, and the people decided, became so worked up that, that Moses had led them out into this, into this area only to have them die at the hands of these people that they, they started to lead a rebellion against Moses. And God got very, very upset that they didn't believe and trust that the one who brought them out was the one, was the one who was able to keep them and to give them the victory in the land as well. And God decided, I'm not going to take you guys. He wanted to take them out. But Moses interceded for them. And he says, okay, no, no one over a certain age is going to make it into the promised land. You're going to wander the desert for 40 years until the last of your rebellious ones who, who, who rebelled against me will die in the desert. And I will bring your children into the promised land. And so Moses tells them, no, because you've done this, we're, we're not going to go in now. And that's where we pick up the story, verse 39, Numbers 14, verse 39. When Moses reported this to all the Israelites, they mourned bitterly. Early the next morning, they set out for the highest point in the hill country, saying, now we are ready to go up to the land the Lord promised. Surely we have sinned. But Moses says, why are you disobeying the Lord's command? This will not succeed. Do not go up because the Lord is not with you. You will be defeated by your enemies for the Malachites and the Canaanites will face you there because you have turned away from the Lord. He will not be with you and you will fall by the sword. 
verse 44. Nevertheless, in their, help me out somebody, in their what? In their presumption, they went up toward the highest point in the hill country, though neither Moses nor the ark of the Lord's covenant moved from the camp. Then the Malachites and the, and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and attacked them and beat them down all the way to Hormah. Now, why did they suffer defeat? Why did, they, why did this happen in their lives? Because they presumed on the Lord, and in their presumption, they asked God to bless something that clearly God had said no to. How many know that God's got a plan and a purpose? And there are some things he says yes to, and some things he clearly says no to. And it's for us to aim straight and to hit and aim at his target so that we don't presume on the future, but we prayerfully move forward in the things that God has for us. There are some mindsets that we have that God doesn't want us to have. There's some relationships that we're, that we're, that we're, that we're in that God is not going to bless it. You're rationalizing it. You're justifying it. You're doing all this stuff, making cartwheels, when his word clearly says, I don't want you unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Come on, somebody. Aim straight. Aim straight. We, we do that with purchases. We'll do that with, with our career choices. And then we wonder why it doesn't work. Because we're asking now God to bless our mess, and he's not going to bless your mess. He said, just do it my way. Ta-da. Number one, we got to make sure that our target is his target. And then number two, we got to not presume but to pray about what he wants rather than what we want. Does that make sense? Number three, if we're going to hit our target every time, and this is a very important one, we're going to say no to confirmation and yes to transformation. No to confirmation and yes to transformation. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed, that's the word it used, by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I always say, does anybody want to know what God's good, uh, uh, pleasing, and perfect will is? I do. I want to know. Listen to, what the, listen to how the New Living says it. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now listen to me. The world will have us conform to all sorts of foolish and abhorrent ideologies. The world will have us conform to, to, to stuff that goes exact opposite of what God would say. They are now teaching children that they can choose their own sex and encouraging them to have sex changes as early as elementary school. It's part of the curriculum. Now, our Bible says that God created us male and female, and how many know he made no mistakes? Not one. Not one. But they're telling people that you can choose it based on how you feel. And there are those who are 
conforming to this ideology, not just in the world, but it's creeping into the church. I've heard someone say, well, Pastor Rick, you know, they have both male and female people. I said, no, you either XX or XY. They can get down to what you really biologically are. You're not going to be both. You understand? There, there are, there's compromise that's going on in the area of marriage. Believe it or not, statistically, the, the marriage rates are going down and shacking up is going up. You want to know what the statistics on shacking up is? For those who decide they're going to go down that route, 80%, 80% of people who shack up in relationships, those relationships end before marriage. 80%. So is 80, 20 against you getting married or even staying married if that's the plan that you are choosing? My Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled, amen? And he puts his blessing on that. And culturally, it's not cool anymore, but I'm going to stick with what the Bible says. I'm going to aim straight. And then there's this last one. How about this one? Church attendance, where the scripture says, do not forsake the gathering together of the saints. It literally says that. But because of the pandemic and because of what's going on, what's taking place in our society, where the churches were full, and I'm grateful for those who have come back, and, 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 and you guys, we've been having an awesome time, but there's still those who are out there who are still not coming back. And my question to them is, are you treating other things the same way you're treating the church? What do I mean? Have you stopped going to Walmart? Have you stopped going to Publix or the Sam's? Have you stopped going to restaurants? Have you stopped getting your hair done or your nails done or your, or your feet done? Are you still going to the box stores? Are you still taking vacations? Are you still going to work? You can still, you can manage to to work out all those other things in your life, but you can't come to church for an hour on Sundays? I'm not talking to you guys. You're here. I'm talking to you online. It might be time. Well, Pastor Rick, there's still a pandemic out there. It's not preventing you from doing, going to work. It's not preventing you from doing anything else. Put your mask on. You understand what I'm saying? Stop conforming to the patterns of this world because this is what's happening. Because it's been going on for a year, almost two years now, people are now comfortable with not going to church. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not just affecting, it's, a, it's affecting their spiritual walk. They're not just walking away from church. They're walking away from their walk with the Lord. I got to aim straight. And the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering together of the saints. We need each other. We are stronger together. We are better together. And we need to get back to getting together. I was on the phone counseling last night with somebody. Two years. They've not been able to see it. They've been in their house. And now they're developing anxieties around 
even meeting people because we weren't designed to be in isolation for two years. Come on, somebody. The church works best when we're together. Yes, let's take the precautions, but take a step of faith and aim straight and start trusting God in these areas of your life. Does this make sense? Hear me clearly today. The more you conform to the patterns of this world, the less you'll experience God's amazing transformation through the renewing of your minds. If you are a conformist, you will never see God's will for your life. Did you hear me? If you are a conformist, you will never fulfill God's plan for your life. God doesn't call us to be conformists. He calls us to transformation of the renewing of our minds so that we can fulfill the plans that he has for us. So he can change our minds, so he can change our hearts, and we'll start doing and being the people of God that he called us to do and to be. God does not want us to miss our target. If you want to be a spiritual Hawkeye in your life, you're going to make sure that your target is his target. You're going to you're, gonna, you're not going to presume on the future, but you're going to pray about what he wants you to do rather than just running off and doing things. And the last thing is you're going to say no to conformity and yes to transformation by the renewing of your minds. But all of that starts with a personal relationship with Jesus, and it involves spending time in God's Word. Does that make sense? And so if you've not yet surrendered your life to Christ, that's where it begins. And it's not just a one-time thing. The Scripture says to take up your cross daily. Every day, I've got to say, God, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do my best to aim straight to make you a priority in my life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he says all these things will be added. He knows the plans he has for you. The rainbow is over our lives, but we've got to walk out the way he wants us to walk it out. Amen? We've got to aim straight. Turn to someone and say, aim straight. Aim straight. If you want to hit your target, aim straight. And again, it always starts with your personal relationship with Jesus. If you're here today, you've not yet committed yourself to Christ, or you need to recommit your life to Christ, if you're listening to me online, it's time. <laughs> the, the, the Bible says, today, if you hear my voice, do not, do not harden your heart. So it will be my privilege and my honor to lead you in a prayer of commitment and recommitment to him. Let's, let's bow our heads and say something like this. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for me, that I'm not just some kind of cosmic lint floating through space with nothing and no purpose. But Father, that you've created us in advance with a plan and a purpose. And Father, you call us to cooperate with you so that we can be, fulfill the plans and purposes you have for us. Help us, Lord, to, to make sure that our target is your target. Help us to not presume on the future, but spend some time in prayer and in your word and start 
not conforming to this world, but be, allow ourselves to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Father, today we submit and commit our lives to you. We ask you to come into our lives and come into our hearts. Help us to make decisions that are pleasing to you. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross, three days later rise again. And because he lives, we shall live as well. Fill us with your spirit, with your power, and with your love. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.